What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle Cuff! Hey, behave! On a mu- recording this on a multi-sport Thursday, John. Sports coming out going of our on. ears. <laughs> Currently watching Peacock for the first time, guy. Yeah, never watch. watched Peacock. I had neither. I did not know it was free until today. Well, for Xfinity users, this yeah, is how they I get back at all you YouTube subscribers. I, I I do think we are, especially in our age range and under, some of the dying breed that still pay two hundred fifty or whatever it costs. I don't even want to look at my cable bill. I just do automatic credit card bill. I probably should because I'm at like past that six month window yeah. when you just call and they'd be like, "Oh, we got uh, fifty dollars off for you." It's like, well, fuck you. But that's I, I feel like I'm paying. If you told me right now my cable bill is three hundred dollars, I, I it might be. I know. Well, I called him the other day because I'm like, I have not, I have not paid for HBO ever, and I'm not going to start now. You know, because what was your bill? Well, all of a sudden it pops up at fifteen bucks for HBO. What was your total bill? The bill, uh, like one seven, one eight, one seventy nine, because it's two boxes plus the fast internet. You know, so but that's the second box, is like I, got, I got a, bucks. I got a third box. Yeah. Which one box is twenty five dollars because it's like a five dollar box rental plus twenty for the HDR box, HD box, whatever. I've had several people who like their YouTube TV subscriptions. I will make, but they also tell me it looks good. They've shown it to me, and I always ask them the same question: When you're watching a game with Twitter, are you behind or are you right with everybody else? And the answer I've consistently gotten is like, ah, you like fifteen twenty seconds behind, and I'm like, you know. I don't want to be 20 seconds behind. So when when we catch up with that, I'm gone. Because then because then you don't pay for multiple boxes, John. One thing I've gotten is I have a buddy in the NFL sometimes. Like if his team's away, he works in the office. He doesn't travel with the team all the time. So he'll be home watching games and we'll be texting back and forth. And he clearly has YouTube TV because we'll be watching like the Sunday night game. And I'll be like, holy shit. And then 30 seconds later, holy shit. Right. It's like, and I clearly know he's way behind me and yeah. you're right. It's, I don't like, I hate Twitter, 
Monday through Friday, like it's Saturday, Sunday when fun shit happens. Thursday and night. I want to interact. Clippers lose. Yeah. That's a good spot to be on Twitter, yeah. right? <laughs> Making fun of Phil, 17, you know, putts through five holes, hitting it all over the place. I'll tell you, I don't want to be way behind. Podcast brought to you by Ease.com. Promo code HAM. Word on the street is we had the other day, we started a few weeks ago, the Ease 10 promo code for returning yeah. users to get returning users 10% off. New users, you get 20 bucks off an order of $50 or more. Word on the street is the Haberman and Middlecoff listeners went swarming like a bunch of hyenas to the 10% off. Yes, they did. Ease.com, E-A-Z-E.com. New users, like I said, promo code HAM. If you check out the website right now, it's Vape Week, guy. Vape Week. Go check it out. Go, you know, browse and see what you want and then get your discount. If you're a new user, promo code HAM. If you're a returning user, use HAM10 and get 10% off. If you've already used both, use someone else's account. Get your friend, get your mom, get your wife, get your brother, get your roommate to use theirs and keep it flowing. Ease.com, promo code HAM. We love our partners. Uh, 21 and over, you get get verified online in minutes, boom, and uh, then you get the delivery very quickly. If you're new here, and we we looked, we saw the numbers from Monday's podcast. It was the biggest podcast in several months. Football's return. We put it out Sunday night. So I know we've got some new some new listeners here. So if you're new, ease.com, 20 bucks off. Your first order, $50 or more if you haven't used Ease before. If you are new listening, but you have used Ease, use Ease 10. You get 10%. And um, if you're new, new here, don't forget, unrelated to Ease and my book here and anything else, we got a YouTube channel. Go check that out. we got videos there. Do uh, it. It's going well. Uh, podcast also brought to you by mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Uh, they will match that first deposit dollar for dollar. We will talk about our lock of the week and some other picks later. But first, just on the MyBookie, so many options there at MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Also, guy, all weekend live betting on the U.S. Open. Mm. I got I put a little cash on Justin Thomas, 12 to 1. I like it. By the time, it's about 3 to 1 now. And Webb Simpson, who was twenty-two to one, is now like forty-five to one. So it's always flowing. Now it's risky, but you know you could you could make some you could make some serious headwind by getting good value Thursday, Friday, Saturday, going into Sunday. Obviously, all the games. It's got a bunch of props, basketball, baseball, literally UFC. You can bet on the presidential election. There's nothing. My, my bookies really stepped up their game. I mean, the props before the U.S. Open were incredible. Obviously, NFL weeks, you can still bet on division winners. It's updating live odds every week. Uh, Super Bowl odds, NFC, AFC odds. Just get on it. MyBookie.ag, it's where I bet. It's where Haberman bets. It's where everyone that DMs me clearly bets now because we've got them into it. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM in the number one. Matches your deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000. You can deny it because if you bet it, rollover money. But the good thing about rollover money, sometimes you're like, I'm out of cash. I got some rollover money. You can take some big swings, and like I did, I hit John Rahm, and it kind of got me back into the game, leading into yeah, football that's right. season. That was now big. here we're at. Momentum. You're riding the wave right now. There's no doubt. Uh, we're, we're, we are riding the wave, which we'll get to. But again, even if you plan to decline the bonus, we do appreciate it if you use Ham1, because then it just lets them know that we got a listener there, which they're yes. happy to have you. We're happy to have you. Get there. in on it. Do it. All right. Uh, Haberman Middlecoff here, interrupting Haberman and Middlecoff. <laughs> we did our podcast. You're going to hear you the ad that we just, the my bookie, the ease we just read. That was from the podcast we recorded Thursday afternoon. The rest of what you'll hear, we recorded Thursday afternoon. But Thursday night football was so good. We got back on the mic at 10 p.m. and said, we got to talk about Joe Burrow. So that's what this is. Later in the podcast, you will hear me confidently pick 
the Browns minus six. And I felt so good about that, John. That was one of the most incredible backdoor cover experiences. You put, you had the Bengals plus six, right? Some places I think they were five and a half, but didn't matter because yeah. they lost by five. But I would have said like once the Browns scored that last touchdown, I would have felt awful. I would have been like, no, no chance. Yeah. And I, even after Burrow's game, like to drive him down, one-handed touchdown catch, making these fucking plays with his legs. I I had two people on Thursday afternoon text me, what do you think of the game that I – and I said, Browns minus six. And I felt at some – two different points, I felt really good about it. Twice they took two score leads. I enjoy gambling a lot. I wouldn't have wanted to gamble in that game. That's I, I, my Too Thursday fun. night, my heart. I, I just enjoy like a Steeler game. We're up like 12, fourth quarter. <laughs> they, I know they can't score. That's, that's what I'm looking for, guy. That's what I'm looking for. How great. I mean, we'll get to Burrow, but just what a great Thursday night game. It was. That's honestly, you give, isn't it amazing when you put good quarterbacks on television? How entertaining the game is? Well, but especially the one good quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> so that's the other thing. Later <laughs> in the podcast, we talk about Odell and Baker and kind of the whole thing fitting together. Um, so you'll hear that later on. And I, 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 I stand by the stuff we said there. I still think the, the jury's out on Baker. He was good tonight at times. I think the Bengals' defense is not good. So whatever. But they clearly yeah. have weapons. Like, say what you said to me before we started, and you can think about that as the listener later when we're talking about the Browns in terms of the playoffs. Well, I mean, I... I feel pretty confidently before the season started, but now just watching this team, just when you see the talent pop on television, if they are not nine and seven or better, I think it's a disaster for Baker Mayfield. And I think you have to ask yourself, is this guy good enough? Like, are we picking up his fifth year option? They have that much talent because right? they, just, they, and I think Stefanski has a good, clearly like gets the ball to his tight ends. He feeds his running backs. Now here's the one problem. They play the Steelers and the Ravens still three more times. They're already 0-1, right? Are they going to go 0-4 in those games? Like, can they beat the Steelers or the Ravens once? Not the Ravens. Maybe the Steelers. It, do you think Baker – do you trust Baker against that defense? It's hard. No, but I just – isn't Ben going to have a game that's just – I mean, he's bound yeah. to. But he, but he could – but Ben could have that game against, like, the Bengals. You know? Yeah. A random game. Like, if yeah. Ben is good – if I just tell you Ben's good against them twice – You'd agree it's going to be hard for Baker to beat them. Yeah. And they've already lost to the Ravens, who embarrassed them. But you just watch them. You're like, well, fuck, the Niners. I think all the teams that would die for, like, Chubb and Kareem Hunt. That's just a dominant one-two punch. Texting with a buddy that works on the Chiefs scouting staff. I'm like, bro, the crazy part about your Super Bowl team is your two best teams of the last three years, probably this year's better than last year. And that two years ago team where Mahomes won the MVP – when you guys can run the ball, and now they are Clyde. Remember, they had Kareem Hunt, who was dominant. You t- remember we were talking about a couple weeks ago. You're like, he had 800 yards on the ground, 700 yards in the air. He had like 15 touchdowns. He is a – how many teams would that guy start on? Half the league? Uh, Yeah. I mean, Nick Chubb's probably a top five or six Nick running Chubb, back. to and, me, sometimes he looks like a top three running back. Yeah, but Kareem Hunt's a top – 20 running back. So you got two of the top 20 running backs on your own team. Plus you got, say what you want about Odell. He's still, Makes he might not plays be. Tonight. Yeah. Jarvis Landry's really good. what do you think about Troy Aikman comparing Austin Hooper to Brent Jones? I was like, that's crazy. And then I Googled, you know, Austin Hooper went to the pro bowl the last two years. I'm like, yeah, he actually is pretty good. <laughs> they do a good job with their tight ends. Stefanski loves those tight ends, man. Yeah, I know. Well, so. the tight ends were in the zone scheme. Who loves tight ends? 
McVay, Kyle. Right. I mean, those. It's just Belichick. Newsflash, Andy. Tight ends are pretty cool. <laughs> you know, I like tight ends. <laughs> Who doesn't? Man. All right. Uh, should we get into Joe? Yeah. This guy, John, was thirty-seven <laughs> of sixty-one passing, three hundred and sixteen yards, three touchdowns, thirty-seven completions. Did you see this from Elias Sports? No. The most completions in a game by a rookie in NFL history. 61 pass attempts, the second most in a game by a rookie all time in NFL history. Uh, My one, my several thoughts watching him tonight, but the one overarching thought was his offensive line is as bad as we thought, and he's good enough to overcome it. And that is like the skill that only rare quarterbacks have. The ability as a rookie to overcome being on a shitty team it's great. Like, here we are year three with Darnold. We're making a lot of excuses. Has Darnold had one game as good as that? Maybe like that Lions game. Was it last, two years ago? I, it's not about guy, Darnold, but this guy's no, special. I, this, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Bang. Yeah, decision. The, the, yeah, I mean, I he looked like he was playing LSU, playing Alabama. And clearly his team is not as good. I mean, A.J. Green's a shell of himself. Joe Mixon is a really good player, but he had they were so behind that he only had 45 yards rushing. I, I just don't even – it's just he has it. Like, you know, some guys, we can dive in the box score. You can give me the Elias stats. You, you could not have watched – You could not have watched that second half and not thought to yourself – and he made some plays in the first half. But in the second half, you're like, are they going to get blown out? There was like a couple pivotal times where he gets the ball stripped – then the Browns score, and you're like, you know, they're just going to get rolled. I don't even blame them. I'm already pretty impressed with Joe Burrow. Next series, bang, bang, boom, fourth down, runs for it, touchdown. You're like, Jesus Christ, this guy, where, what's he doing? And you're like, he's the number one overall pick. Honestly, most rookie quarterbacks on bad teams, even if you hold them to a high standard, it's still pretty relative, right? You're just looking for a couple good throws, some like toughness. Like show a little moxie, and he's like, you know, this guy's got some. Be- this guy's gonna you be are a begging. You are just seeing it where it doesn't exist. You want to see it so bad, right? Usually, this guy just play after play. You're like, did I really just see that? Did he do that again? There was one play where he he ran for a first down, and he kind of did like a Michael Vick slide. I I don't care about the Bengals at all, and I'm screaming like, slide, Joe, slide! <laughs> like I didn't want him to get hurt, and the and the Brown safety was trying to kill him, and I'm I'm like holding my <laughs> holding my breath because I don't want to see Joe Burrow get injured. I want to watch it for the next ten years. How about how about was it the first series where Sheldon Richardson just oh my just, god he tried to do like a three molly whopped him just. <laughs> Bam. Well, I think Burrow oh my tried God. to do a little three. Burrow tried to do a three sixty. He caught him and threw him. And I and almost, he gets right back up. I almost tweeted like, "This ain't the SEC, Joe." Well, it turns out <laughs> some guys just they just stay wherever they are. Every level they move up, they just remain. One of the best players in high school. One of the best players in college. One of the best. He's one of the best players on his team as a rookie. Uh, and, you know, this isn't – I'll say this too. This isn't a one-night reaction. I watched the Chargers game. I knew you watched – didn't we – do we have that game on TV? I ended up watching yeah. a lot of it one way or the other. And I thought he looked good in that game. Like, I thought he looked – because we weren't quite sure. But Zach Taylor, I mean, they they can't really protect him, but they do as good a job. How about his first – how about his touchdown pass, the first one? To the Which left front corner. Oh. <laughs> to me, that final drive when he covered the point spread – just keeping plays alive and making guys miss and the touch, just the touch on his passes. I know. 
on the move. Wouldn't you say in 2020, like that is, is that the modern day? Like they've hit two quarterbacks in the last three quarterbacks, right? They hit on Carson Palmer. They, they didn't miss on Andy Dalton, but Andy Dalton benefited a lot from great teammates. Andy Dalton's fine. And then they've hit again on Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is Carson Palmer, but just in 2020. Like Carson Palmer, if you would have put Carson Palmer, rookie Carson Palmer, I know he didn't play, but when Carson Palmer as a sophomore in the pro started playing, he would have got killed tonight. They would have been screwed because the, the in 2020, the game, you got to be able to move. You got to be able to scramble, not run. And Burrow ran a couple times. I'm just talking, keep plays alive, make them like that is. Do you think the the stationary, not even the statutes, but just the guys that are not moving at all are dead? Like I would say the minimum now of like the last two decades would be like a young Roethlisberger. You, I just think, I don't even know if the Carson Palmers, the Bradys, the Mannings are even going to play. Think about this. It's hard right now because college football is all segmented. But in 2021, I bet when college football starts and it's just normal, you look around, you just won't be like, oh, there's like, Three, uh, three Peyton Mannings. Like we don't even think like that. But what's that They're guy all... doing playing golf? Because there's not yeah. a place for him in college or the NFL. Do you think that guy's going to exist in college football? Like they're all just going to play like Joe Burrow, kind of. No, they're not going to uh, be that does good. Cooper but... Manning's kid is he athletic? Probably. Yeah, I mean, I, I would be shocked. Yeah, I mean, Cooper you just have a wide diff- receiver. Yeah, Cooper. Yeah, it's true. So he is probably the most athletic. But he, he still might be on the lower end, but still like the lower end is still like now like Gardner Minshew, right? Or Jimmy or just like I'd say Burrow's somewhere in the middle. Like Burrow's a good athlete, right? Yeah. Trevor Lawrence I think if Jimmy Garoppolo run. wasn't wearing a knee brace, he would look a little more fluid. Yeah, but J- Jimmy can move. Yeah, that's what like I'm saying. I, uh, wouldn't you say of all the young guys in the league, like Goff would be probably the most immobile. You know, the guys like under 30. What's How's Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones is a better athlete than Jared Goff, for sure. Well, yeah, I'm just saying, like, is he on the low end in your mind? Yeah, he's probably like, you know, if towards Goff like... Is, if Goff is Goff last. Goff would be like, yeah, like a one to ten. If Goff's like a two, Daniel Jones would be like a four and a half. Burrow would be like a seven and a half. Lamar's the ten. But I think you need like five and above now. I just think that's the league. Like, I'd say Baker's near the bottom, but he's mobile enough, right? Kind of. We'll see. Yeah, like, he, you know, I, I know you and I was watching you with Cowherd on Instagram live and you've said this uh, on Thursday night before the game and you said it on the podcast before, too, that you just think Baker, like, does he not realize that he's not athletic enough to outrun NFL ends? Like, he had a first down run tonight. I don't know. T- tonight, but. Tonight's a bad example. The Bengals defense is bad. But yeah. I, Burrow, like you just saw tonight, I'm not trying to overreact to one game, but I think Joe Burrow was a Heisman Trophy national champion, historic player in college. And just had 15 games and really four or five right against just Bama, Clemson, uh, Georgia that were just like, holy moly, right? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I didn't include them just because their defense can be a little hit or miss. I mean, hey, the Browns defense and the Bengals defense exist in the NFL. Especially the Bengals defense. I'm not trying to overreact, but if you just pulled tonight 32 GMs, and you just said every player, every back. every quarterback under thirty five. Where would he go? Man, I mean, 30, the, that'd be weird. Let's, let's just go. Just, let's just players. go through teams. Would the Jets trade? They should. Yes. Like, I would tell them to. Would the Browns do it? Yes. Would the Bills do it? Probably not. 
But I mean, maybe. But you know, you could whatever. They could like their guy enough. They might need a couple more borough games, and then you call. Yeah, back. they might be on the bandwagon later. Uh, Dolphins. Uh, who knows? Uh, Giants. They should. What's up there? I'm not trying to overreact every two games, but I injuries and stuff. I have a hard time seeing Tua okay. being better than Joe Burrow. Uh, I'm with you. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, in fairness, if Miami had the first pick, maybe they would have taken Joe Burrow. Uh, Philly. I trade him for Wentz right now. <laughs> yeah, I would too. I, I would. I'm not even trying to be. Yeah. Uh, Drew Locke. We love Drew Locke, as you'll hear later. Uh, I but, think Drew Locke actually has a little Joe Burrow. Too. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. There's something there. Um, Minnesota. Yeah. Atlanta. Hell yeah. Why not? Move on. Uh, Obviously, Brady and Breeze. Those teams would take him in a heartbeat. Indy, you know? Yeah. Uh, Seahawks. No. I got the Rams. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about guys we like. The Niners, yeah. I think the only lock nose would be Seattle and Kansas City, right? Everyone else would be like, oh, give me a little time to think. <laughs> yeah, Bills would have to think, I think, longer than Yeah, the Bill, Bills would say no, but they would be thinking about it for a couple weeks. They'd the be Bills like, well, think- I mean, our guy's good. Hopefully it's just, you know, good enough that we don't care that we didn't have the best guy. To me, if he doesn't get injured this year, I'll give the, I'll give the Bengals here credit. When they traded Carson Palmer and they turned that roster over, they did do it right. Remember? Like they they were in the playoffs for like three or four yeah, straight years. Some good years. Marvin Lewis got shit on because he couldn't win a playoff game, but they were like hosting playoff games. Like they turned these first round picks into wins. They were, and they were winning 10, 11 games, right? Yeah. And you and I saw them live. Like they, they were really good there for a little bit with Andy Dalton. If they can figure out how to do that for Joe Burrow, they would be a factor in the AFC. Uh, Joe Burrow, uh, post-game quote, John, just losing. Losing isn't very fun. This may be the first time in my sporting career I've lost two in a row. Losing is unacceptable. I don't know why he has to say sporting career. <laughs> I mean, basketball, baseball. Those are they're sports. Lo- they're all sports. They're not going to win that many games. I don't. So. so they got Philly. They got Jacksonville. They got Baltimore. They got Indy. Obviously, Cleveland again, Tennessee, at Pittsburgh, at Washington, the Giants, the Dolphins. What do you think? Three or four wins, Max? You know, I mean, but it's early. Like, are we giving them a Washington win? We'll see. Maybe Washington's not terrible. Maybe Jacksonville they, is not terrible. You could push back. They've been close in two games, right? They almost beat the Chargers. Yeah, but it might be the Chargers stink. But still, like, all all these teams you listed beside, like, the Steelers yeah. and the Ravens, we don't know that, like, why couldn't they beat the Browns again? Why couldn't they I go mean, play with the Colts? If, why if, couldn't they beat the Jags? If I told you they won five games, could they beat year, Washington. Yeah, they could. Hell, could they beat? Could they beat Philly? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a. I mean, as long the as you problem, got that guy again, like his, they got better players than you deep he, at most multiple positions. He, I just, I like you said, it's you just kind of worry for him. Like you gotta just three sacks tonight. It felt like he was just. And are they gonna be playing from behind all the time, or is Joe Mixon ever gonna get to just? run the football i mean he did have 16 carries tonight yeah it's, but, it's hard i mean this year's they're undermanned in every game they play <laughs> that's their their talent wouldn't you say that's the most remarkable part about watching it's like it's not even about they're playing the browns or his team sucks it's just like he, how's he doing this I, I, yeah did you say the andrew luck thing already i don't think i did did he have some do you just that's the name that you because I, I was just saying like it's here i was watching him thinking he's in a Bengals uniform he might be good enough to overcome the fact that he's on this team this year. And you said. Remember when Andrew Luck went to a two-win team 
Now, if you remember correctly, that team, Andrew Luck got there. They drafted T.Y. that year. Safe to say T.Y. was better as a rookie than Higgins is going to be. They still had Mathis and Freeney and Reggie Wayne. Like they, and, they had been a good franchise. Right? Yeah, and, and I, I saw a stat tonight. A.J. Green targeted 13 times, three catches. Like It's safe to say A.J. Green's not A.J. Green anymore. I don't think he's a bad player, but he's just probably a good – he's just probably just a normal wide receiver now. So it's like he – who's his best wide receiver? Taj Boyd? You know, Joe Mixon – I mean, it's, it better be T. Higgins. They drafted him in the second round. Yeah, but I mean, he gets lands on a ball and has to leave the game. And it's like, is he? I don't he's know. A, yeah, he's a rookie. It, Jury's out from John me on Ross. That guy. Is he? Was he? Am I? Uh, yeah. Well, he overthrew him on one pass deep. Was there a pass interference or something? Probably yeah, four hundred flags. It, it, I mean, John Ross. Is it safe to say one of the bigger busts of recent memory, or is it like well, it depends? You can, can he be a shutdown corner? Uh, if Are we over that? They're not doing that anymore. Scout team or the actual games? I thought he was. Yeah. You would agree if John Ross is getting reps with this guy and he can't become a player, I'd be a little, I'd be lukewarm on him as another franchise, right? Like now it's like, well, he's had, you know, last year he's playing with Dalton and the other backups. Well, you can't fucking have this guy who's throwing balls to everybody. And most of his balls, even the one like at the end of the game where Troy's like, I was a little behind him, AJ. It's, it wasn't that bad of a throw. I see Jimmy Garoppolo make 10 worse throws in that a game that are caught. So it's like. He was a little behind him. A.J. Green makes like $18 million a year. Just wow. it hit him in the hands, right? That was like, that was a bad throw. Well, kind of. I mean, it wasn't. It was, the, the corner was on the other side. I mean, it, it, it could have been a little it's better. Hard to, but, Troy's wearing a gold jacket. It's hard to argue with him while he's wearing his gold jacket, you know? I thought they were like not hyped up enough on Burrow during the game. They were like talking about other stuff. Yeah, and, I wonder sometimes when you're, maybe when you're in it, it's like you don't want to do the broadcast like, oh my God, we are seeing the future right here unveiled in front of us. Maybe it's too early to feel that way. That's how I felt. That would have been my move. On the couch, like uh, we are seeing it right here before our eyes. But maybe they, they, they're they very aware that they're watching him play the Browns. Just This is not what rookie quarterbacks on bad teams and you look at his personality, he's on a bad team. This is not a sneaky good team. He's on a bad team. But if I'm a Bengals fan, I I am just I don't even care if we win three, four, five. The, I'm just thrilled right now. The, the kids that are watching this won't know what we're talking about. Back when we were young, baseball this video was is a, almost is like ninety percent kids that watch. Baseball was a big deal, and when you woke up, if you had favorite up, players on other teams, like you would check the newspaper and see what they did. You're right. like, oh my god, Juan Gonzalez hit a home run. And then you check for the home run leaders in, in the paper section that would have them all listed out. 148 like, RBIs. Yeah, he's got the lead. He's got 47 jacks. You just check your favorite players' box scores. Sports Center. We cable wasn't quite in all of our houses yet. It was no such thing as the internet. I had a year, now, John, where I cut out every Orioles box score and pasted it into a yearbook. Now you would just copy and paste it and put it into a folder on your uh, no, MacBook. Yeah, you just. <laughs> but I'm just saying, if you were 10 years old, yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't do anything like it. Here's what I do know: I will for sure check his box score every week. I will for sure check his box score. But you're gonna watch. You're gonna watch. You're going to be yelling at Red. Yeah, Tiger, but I mean, some, some of their games might not be on TV or whatever. Yeah. I won't. Some of their games are terrible. I will keep an eye on what this guy does, and I I wouldn't have said that after week one. After watching full game live. I'm like, whoa. I, Superstar? 
Am I trying to overreact to say I mean, uh, he's already one of my favorite players nope, in the league? Like, I just found him. Because, but again, part of this is, and maybe you said this before we started this conversation. But I, th- I think the same thing about Kyler. I love watching Kyler. I'm a same Kyler deal, fan. though. Kyler was a superstar in college. Like, you watch Kyler in college and just said, God, I hope this guy can be good. I hope this is real. You watch Joe in LSU, and so much of the way I watched him was like, is this real? Like, like really going to translate, or is he just on a spectacular team? And I think that's... To me, that's part of the backdrop of how you watch Joe on Thursday night. Is like this validates some of what the greatest quarterback season ever was last year. This makes that more real. Then think about what a star, because the majority of our lives up until recently, if you won the Heisman, most people are like you're not going to be a good player in college. But you were a superstar in college, right? Uh, all the guys in the 2000s, some of those Oklahoma guys, the Tim Tebow type guys. You just, we just knew like that guy not going to work. Now it's like the last two guys, you know, look if you think about Cam. Cam won the national championship. Did Cam win the Heisman? Cam won the Heisman. Yeah, Cam won the Heisman. Did he? Doesn't feel like he did, but I feel like. I mean, I think he should have, but I can't picture him holding up the Heisman trophy act. So I'm going to say. I feel like he won it. How did he Double check. Yeah, now now I'm I got it. I'll, I'll look. You you make your point here. But like Kyler Murray and Joe Burrow, when you win the Heisman and then you become an NFL star, like the stardom is unlimited. Because if you win a Heisman, you're such a college yes, star. Yes, Cam won the Heisman. That's what I thought. I mean, ten years ago. So Good think job. about Congrats, that, Cam. But like he's the last guy that won it, and then immediately you knew like, God, this guy's kind of got some, and then he's just become a star. And it happens a lot with running backs. But these last two quarterbacks, and I'm not counting Baker here. But Kyler Joe immediately pop, and you're like, well, I would oh, even say yeah. Lamar, Lamar before Baker. Lamar pop really, quick. Lamar's a good and, example. And it was the same deal. It was like, wait, is this? Are we? Is this real? I think when you think about Cam, when you think yes. about Lamar, when you think about Baker, or excuse me, when you think about Kyler, when you think about Burrow, definitely Kyler Lamar, and I mean Lamar's already kind of became this, but I still think like he's got a ways. Like their stardom is just is unlimited, right? Because there's already this built-in thing. They already got the college audience. Then you got just some of the Sunday elitists that are like, holy shit, this guy's good. Sunday elitists. <laughs> you know, some guys, you know, have to do like uh, honeydews or, you know, take their kids Sunday stuff elitist. on Saturday. <laughs> all right. Uh, we could talk about Joe. I, honestly, we could talk about Joe Burrow all night, but we'll save that for another day. Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray. I just want to watch those two guys play football. Amen. Okay, so early in the week, Middlecoff, we did our lock of the week. We are doing one game. Last week it was the Steelers. We put 250 on it. We won the bet in our self-imposed survivor pool. We have to agree on a bet. We won the bet. That bought us a couple more weeks of bets. This week, our lock of the week was the Niners minus seven. We locked that pick in on Tuesday because we just felt like that number was going to go up. And then uh, the number went up, but the Niners numbers went down. Like Sherman went down. Kittle hasn't practiced. Uh, who else did? Oh, Akello Weatherspoon. Weatherspoon's got a concussion. concussion. So the question we've been getting from people after that podcast went out is, are the 49ers still your lock of the week? Part one of the answer is, yes, you don't get undo. There's no undo button when you bet the money. It's bet. Number two, I still feel good about it. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I I think sticking with the strategy and just my, my – gambling strategy in 2020 is going to be pretty simple. I'm not going to pick many games. You know, just I'm going to bet this game with you. I bet it also on my own. I'm going to bet top teams, teams that I think can be playoff teams against shitty teams. The Giants, the Jets, 
We'll keep an eye on the Jags. And just as team, I don't think the Dolphins are very good. I like our mindset. Here's what I love about the 49ers this week. At their new standard now, I think they kind of got embarrassed, right? They had a punt blocked. Their quarterback was shitty. They just didn't look very buttoned up in the second half. They still are a really talented team. And I, I think the Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead aren't going away. I think D Ford, people are going to get in his ass going, we're paying you $20 million. Let's see a little something. Jimmy Garoppolo is just better, way better than Sam Darnold right now. And the Jets, what I like about the Jets is, I saw today, Crowder probably won't play this yeah. uh, Sunday. You know what Crowder did? Scored their only touchdown Sunday. And honestly, looked like the only guy worth a shit at yeah. wide receiver. He was the only guy playing on at NFL injured. speed, John. I mean, we, we got 49er players saying, you see Fred Warner was like, I'm just honored to play Frank Gore. Like, that's cool and all, but it's like, you're playing, Frank Gore's really old. He does not, as someone, nothing but respect for Frank Gore. Loved watching the Frank Gore Harbaugh teams, right? He was, he was awesome. I mean, he was a badass. I, I can't have enough respect for Frank Gore on those Harbaugh teams. He's, you could argue he was my personal favorite Niner just on that whole group. Maybe Bowman Willis, but it was hard not to lean Frank Gore. He, it's 2020, guy. It ain't 2012. So I, I, a lot of respect for him still playing, but if I got a bet against a guy and Adam Gase and just their whole deal right now, I, I still think, guy, this is the game that I have the most com- – there's been a couple other games the longer I've looked that yep. I'm like, well, we could have talked ourselves into, but I, 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 I still feel good, guy. I, I don't love the Richard Sherman injury. Uh, I, I, I do uh, – yeah, I, I think we'll be okay. So – uh, the it's now back to seven. We got it at seven. Then it went to seven and a half. It's back to Niners minus seven. Um, but I'm with you. I mean, Denzel uh, Mims on IR, Le'Veon on IR. Uh, like you said, and Crowder, Le'Veon wasn't even good to begin with. So you're just getting rid of but he guys w- that were only yeah. yeah but played. he didn't play. Like <laughs> yeah. they gave him the ball. Yeah. <laughs> is 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 LaMichael Pirine gonna be the guy this week? Kalen Balaj gonna be the guy this week? You got to feel pretty good about it too. Chris right? Hogan. Rashard Perriman, are, are you with me? This still feels like the best. I game still of the feel week. good about it because I think they are so. I think they are so limited. I think they might be the worst team in the league. I think Sam Darnold, like I saw you tweet this, the cut up that somebody tweeted a Nick Bosa, like he's still getting after it. I know there's some debate <laughs> about, about whether his, or not. How about his like 25 second highlights? It was incredible. This is not whether or not you think the Niners should or shouldn't get crushed for 91 yards rushing to Kyler. The fact is they are not playing a player of Kyler's athletic ability this week, most weeks. Darnold, athletically, is not going to run away from you guys. Uh, doesn't have really anybody to throw to. It's not an elite arm strength guy. So we've been saying it. We said it earlier in the week. I still believe it. This is exactly who you'd want to play. The Sherman thing is concerning. There's no doubt. But to me, it's more concerning next week, really two weeks out when you play uh, Philly. But here's the th- bottom do you line. Throw, do you throw out the West Coast uh, travel slash kickoff in Corona, or is it still? No, I, mean, I don't it still is what it is. It is. It's a thing. It's not nothing. Yeah, that's fair. But to me, even with your offensive struggles, and I know the Jets aren't actually okay against the run, but even with that, I think Jimmy should be better this week. I still think they'll be able to run the ball fine. But to me, the bottom line on the Sherman thing is like you still have Nick Bosa. You still paid Eric Armstead a lot of money. You still drafted a first-rounder, Javon Kinlaw. John Sleeper of the Year, Kerry Hyder Jr. is making plays. You got Fred Warner. You got Quan Alexander. You got D4. I want D to be better. Okay, reasonable. He's on the field, though. 
right? You got Tart, you got Jimmy Ward. Ward. That's a pretty fucking good defensive roster. Kawan so, Williams. Kawan Williams. Williams. So it's like, uh, you're telling me you're going to have to the, go. The, <laughs> how many points do the Niners have to score to cover this week? 21 I've, easily? Yeah, if you tell me they get to 21, I feel pretty good. If you tell me they get to like 28, I feel fantastic. Right? right. Yeah. If I told you right now 28 points, I say, God or guy, uh, someone upstairs told me. Did you say God? It, well, I was saying God told me 28 points. God, sham God? Would you, but you don't know what the Jets scored. Mm-hmm. Would you then throw, if you knew that, what amount of money would you feel good then betting on the Niners? Yeah, I mean, to cover seven, you're saying. Yeah, would you put an extra thousand with me? <laughs> I, I would feel really good about covering seven if they had 28. Now, the one what if by halftime they had 20? <laughs> Who? The Jets. Yeah, that'd be a problem. Could, could, could you watch second the second half? Shout That'd be tough. That'd be really hard. The the one hesitation for me w- would be: I do think Jimmy's going to be better. What he was sh- he was not very good last week. Is there a pick six in the future? Right? If I you told me Jimmy's kind of the same, I'd be like, oh, well, well that, they're not exactly the team. Their DBs stink. I know they, they don't have fumble, much talent on defense. Six. I don't know. I would just the Niners didn't play great last week, and they didn't. It wasn't even turnovers, right? They didn't. That was not part of the deal. Like I was watching this game last week. Jimmy's a slow starter guy. He is. Tennis, uh, Tampa, Cincy last week, games they won, though. But they won the games that he was a slow starter in last year. Well, the defense, remember, last year were just – didn't Jameis throw two pick sixes to, in that first game? The Cincinnati team was atrocious. If you think back to the game when they played Minnesota, you know, that leading up to when he tore his ACL. When he threw the he was, almost pick six? Or the, he was it, a pick six that got called no, back? No, that, that, that was the Lions week two. The Minnesota game was week wasn't one there a pick at Minnesota. Six? They lost. Yeah. Well, wasn't there, or they, there was a real pick six in the Minnesota game? I thought there was, there was a, a real pick, pick six that got wiped out in that game. But you're saying that was, was in the Lions game. game. Okay. That was in the Lions game. There was in the Minnesota game where Jimmy looked a little overwhelmed. But looking back three years ago, that Vikings team was a playoff team. They were That defense was top notch. Xavier Rhodes was still good. This, this to me is just you're playing the worst team in the league. You're playing the worst roster in the league. You're playing a coach who it feels like just his house is on fire in terms of people want the guy gone. As Mike Pettin likes a, to say. A, a quarterback that you and I were big fans of, that everyone on the West Coast, I think for the most part, I know Daniel Jeremiah love, Coward love. Like We're all rooting for this guy, but it's hard. To, you watch him, it's just something's off. He should not be able to take advantage of even with random corners. Signing guys that most people listen to this have never heard of, including myself and Guy Haberman, it shouldn't matter because the front should dominate. Fred Warner, fucking the linebacker, should dominate, and Jimmy Ward, Kwan, and Tart alone should be making some plays. Like I, I feel really good just defensively a lot. They shouldn't be able to get to fourteen points, right? As long as you don't turn it over, because one of the things the Arizona Cardinals benefited from, and I think sometimes you forget this when a major thing happens early in the game, you're like, oh. You lost 24 to 20 or whatever. Well, you got a punt block in the first half, basically at your 20-yard line that led to a couple plays later, uh, the running back scores a touchdown. So it's like that to me, like that's a huge, that's seven-point swing. Bruce Arians would tell you, you fucking throw enough pick yeah. sixes, you, get a, you give up enough special teams touchdowns, those add up too. I, I would agree. I will say, though, J- Jimmy hasn't thrown an interception yet. He's going to throw one or two this year. We know that for a fact. So you're gonna, you're just always gonna have something, whether it's a block punt or a pick or fun, like you are just gonna have to overcome shit, right? But it's one, th- it is one thing though if you're at like your own thirty yard line, interceptions suck for sure. But if you throw it and they land, they got to go seventy yards to score a touchdown. It's yeah. another thing when you get a punt blocked 
and the dude falls on it at the 15, and there you got Kyler Murray, Hopkins, and that offense, right? That's, yeah. I, I, I just struggle to put that on, like, it looks like, oh, the defense, because I think a narrative was like, well, the defense is not as good. Well, they gave up 17 points, which I think is fair to say that that Arizona offense is going to be good. Yeah. I think, I think, and you and I both agree, the defense was maybe not 2019 standards, but just watch the NFL. What, what, where would you have put them? Top 10? Just watch eyeball. Yeah. Right? Top 15. I mean, it's hard. You're playing Kyler, so maybe not top 10, but. But I, but I just mean overall, just watching them play and watching oh, them. Oh, just what do I think talent. they're going to be? Yeah, yeah. I would say so, top 12 feels. Yeah, I'd, I'd put them somewhere the picking, seven but, to seven to 13, depending yeah. on health. Okay. Like they're, they're going to be, they're going to be good. They're, they are by far good enough to win with, right? Would you agree there? Yeah. You don't need to be. I can Steelers. win with them. Can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna do it. Having it. Should the Browns trade Odell Beckham Jr.? Should the 49ers be interested in him? As you know, NFL league source Mike Francesa is the one that started this story back after this. Uh, Benjamin Albright came out and said, this is a non-story. The Browns aren't interested in trading him. Niner fans are like, we want him. A lot of people say we want him. It's a two-parter. Plays on Thursday night, obviously. Um, should they trade him? Would the Niners be interested if they did? We've talked about Odell for a few years now. We've liked him at different points more than others. Um, I actually do think they should trade him. Now, what should the Niners do is a different story, but let's start with that. Should the Browns be trying to trade the guy? Uh, I, I would probably wait till week seven or eight, or I mean, right, you know, right up until the trading deadline, see where I'm at. But I, I would, I you know, I think we're starting to learn that Odell Beckham might never be what he once early was in his career. Those first couple years, he was incredible. Uh, he actually became at one point in time, like probably by year three, more famous than he was talented, and he was really talented, right? Not just the one-handed catches, but multiple ninety-catch seasons. Just an unblock, uncoverable guy. His like his ability, like he could take a slant to the house, and his deep speed. For being a non like Deshaun Jackson type player was pretty special, but where we're at right now, like I I think his value is at an all time low, guy. So I, I struggle with paying. If you're the Browns, you gave now it's different management, but still you gave a first round pick, you gave a third round pick, and you gave a player. You don't want to just give like part of when the Raiders, you know, when the Patriots traded for Randy Moss, they gave the Raiders a fourth round pick. So part of what made acquiring Randy Moss so special for Bill Belichick, he didn't give up very much to get him. Like that's, he paid, you know, $500,000 for a $3 million home. It was just, it was incredible. I mean, hell, you could argue that first season, it's like an $8 million home. The, the value was just borderline unprecedented, given you were getting a guy that we all knew was a Hall of Fame talent and had been a Hall of Fame player. And Randy Moss was way more accomplished when the Patriots got him, even after a couple shitty years with the Raiders. But I, I, I'm out on Odell. I, I really am. For a guy that's viewed as a $20 million player, a guy that you got to trade first-round picks for, like, not me. Well, but he's a $15 million player, which is part of what makes him attractive, right? Without much dead money, not that that matters. He's only 27. I do think he's got three years on the deal after this year, right? I, he's going to need a new contract, at least after next season. I would expect he wants one, if not before next season, depending on what this year looks like. Um, you know, reading Kevin Clark had a had a piece in in the Ringer uh, Wednesday, just talking to Andrew Barry, talking about Andrew Barry and just kind of his philosophies. And one thing Andrew Barry said was that the biggest thing for them is supporting the quarterback. And uh, 
as he said, influ- influencing the passing game. So basically, pass rush, right, DBs and receivers, tight ends, whatever, O-line, but supporting the quarterback, influencing the pass game. The question is just like, how much really are you supporting Baker? Are you getting your bang for your dollar over the course of a season uh, with Odell? When you say he wants a new contract, guy, he's had basically 75 catches the last two years. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying, like, I would, I'm just saying, I expect him because he's, are you looking at his contract right now? I look at his contract, then I went to his stats, yeah. 77, 74 catches. No, the last I know. Two but years. Am I, like, so his contract to what, is this year and then three more years at 15 million, basically, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm not arguing what yeah, you I, said. I just think it's a little more complicated than when he signed his huge deal to become the highest paid wide receiver ever. That leverage has evaporated. Yeah. No, you're right. I, my point is, I do think if you're acquiring him on one hand, you go, oh, good, he's under contract for three more years. On the other hand, yeah, but I think he's. I just think you have to expect that he's going to want to do New Deal. Maybe Andrew Barry expects that too. But this is not like if you're him, you don't need a first and a third back, do you? Just because that's what somebody else gave up. Like I think this is a guy. He doesn't have his rookie. Baker Mayfield is not his rookie quarterback. Like we're going to be talking about Baker's fifth year option here pretty soon, right? Yeah. And if he has any doubt that Baker is the quarterback of the future, then I think. That, to me, would accelerate a decision to move on from Odell. If you think Baker's your franchise quarterback and you feel good about that, then I think you hang on to Odell. Well, because he's so cheap. Yeah. Well, the, pr- the problem is, is Eli Manning had a big arm. Wasn't always accurate, but he could throw the ball deep down the field. That's not Baker Mayfield's deal. And you see, like, one of the things, Mike Florio wrote an article, like, it's not a great scheme fit. It's really not. Say what you want about Kirk Cousins. Dig the whole thing that happened with Diggs there. He actually, him and Diggs had 15 touchdowns in two years. Kirk Cousins does throw a good deep ball, right? I mean, they they worked. This thing is not working out, guy. And my issue with the 49ers is from a cap standpoint, they have two players on their team they're going to want to sign. And to me, first and foremost, is their left tackle. He just, anytime you get a star left tackle, who that Kyle knows him, even though they just acquired him, it's not like he's a new piece for Kyle necessarily because I think there's a comfort level. He clearly likes being here. He's going to be expensive. He's going to be a free agent. The rule that right they can't franchise tag him. I think in a perfect world, this season they find a way to extend him. And we know, and you've talked about, just if you watch Kyle Shanahan's press conferences, Fred Warner might be his favorite player on the team. He is going to get extended. And we know Parag. When I said like that, to- people pushed back and said, no, he loves Jimmy Ward the most, but... I go with yeah, and you could you could argue like Nick Mullen, CJ Beathard are up there too. But I think he likes defensive guys. <laughs> that Fred Warner's getting extended this year, like fifteen million dollars. Yeah, the contract isn't that great. It's still a lot of money. They've invested a first round pick in in Brandon Ayuk. Now, granted, you know we haven't seen him play yet, and Debo Samuel this year we haven't seen him play yet. But those guys are part of the long term deal where you've invested a lot of assets. I. If you told me you get Odell Beckham for a fourth-round pick, I'd say have at it. But that's yeah. just not the case. Yeah. I I think at worst, you could probably get him for a second-rounder. or I mean, at best, like the cheapest. And I'm, I'm not into giving a second-round pick for this guy. Especially when, to your point, like the Niners are about to get more expensive, which means, A, you have less cap room, but B, you also just need those picks more because those picks have to become players. And the last two years, like to me, you don't use your second on Debo and then a first on Brandon Ayuk. I threw my pen at myself. You don't need a, a, a first on Brandon Ayuk if you're about to give up after two weeks or three weeks or four weeks and go for Odell Beckham. Because here's the thing. I, like we know Debo's a good player if he's healthy. We know that, right? Yes. We, 
we'll see what, what Brandon Ayuk is. This will be a big week, I guess. It's He's just a rookie, so we'll give it a breath here. But to me, like if seven weeks in you're going, oh, Brandon Ayuk, whiff, we got to – we got to uh, double down on this and go get Odell. Like to me, that is that's a pro- yeah. Place. Then that's a major problem, and I I don't think you can arrive at that decision with it. This is not this is not September in a in a uh, divisional baseball race where you need a starter for the stretch run. That's not the position this team is in. I know they want to win a Super Bowl. I know they were in the Super. I know all that is part of the goal. But there is a longer view here. I think you got to take with this team. They got two. Their two best receivers. In theory, right, or a first-year guy and a second-year guy. So just let that There were a second and a first-round pick. Right. And the second-round pick was pick, what was he, like 30? There was a second pick in the second a round. High second so round 35, pick, yeah. 34. Part of Ayuk, and listen, I'm not saying he's ever going to sniff what Odell was in uh, in New York those first two or three years because we all watched it. He was fucking awesome. But they did say over and over, we drafted this guy because we think he's a speed-deep threat, Right. John Lynch said that. They, Kyle, they talked to Herm. Yep. They think he was way faster. And then all accounts in practice, before he pulled his hamstring, he was crushing it. They drafted him to kind of play that role. You know why? When I was pounding the table, they should trade for Odell before they drafted Nick Bosa. It's like, well, could you trade back and trade some picks for him? They didn't have that guy. And then a year later, in theory, they have that guy, and they invested a high pick. You got to live with it. This is part of building a football team. Like To me, Odell Beckham, unless you could get for nothing – which I just don't think is ever going to be the case. Because like you said, the, the contract is pretty conducive to teams that want flexibility and he's relatively cheap. I, I, I just think he's not an option for the Niners at this point now. Plus, one thing Kyle Shanahan has been huge on that we've learned is like blocking at wide receiver. That's not really Odell's deal. You know, that's a great point. I actually point. think that he's probably lost juice within the 49ers building. Well, because we talked about this a lot last year and we talked about it, really we talked about it after the draft. Kyle has a type. We know what it is. He's made it extraordinarily clear to us what his type is, right? It's physical receivers that throw the it's that Ayuk, I know he's a speed guy, but he is a physical guy. He is a go back and watch our Brandon Ayuk a draft video on YouTube. He was a run after the catch guy. Debo is not Debo is a physical guy. These are guys that block. These are guys that are not high maintenance, right? And whatever, we could debate how high maintenance Odell is. If he's a 90 catch guy, you don't really care, but that's not what he's been. I, I think his value is at an all time. So how does Howie Roseman get him is really the question. You, well, that's this is when Howie pounces. He'll get him for a fourth. <laughs> you know, this is this is a fourth and a player. Like this is yeah. Th- but this is when good teams get a guy like Odell Beckham because you get him for cheap. Only a dumb team, and I got into an argument with someone on Twitter. Like he's going to go for a first. A dumb team trades for a first right now. That's just not his value. His, his value right now, based on what he's been, based on the injuries, based on the production, part of why Stefan Diggs went for pick 22, 15 touchdowns two years. 15 touchdowns two years in huge games. Like, all you had to do is throw on films in games. For the last two years, the Vikings went in double-digit games, playing in playoff-level games every other week, right? Against yeah. just good teams. Like, it's easy to, like, this works. And there's no question I, he's I, in his prime still, too. Yeah, no I, I just think there are, there are way more question marks than answers. And that's where, like, Randy Moss, same position. He went for a fourth, resurrected his career. I'm not saying that Odell Beckham can't have multiple unreal seasons. It does just feel like whoever gets that out of him, if he is eventually traded, because it does feel like, I'd say 50-50, he might get traded this season. You know, what I want if I'm Andrew Barry is a couple eight-catch, nine, you know, 115 
two touchdown games for Odell. Well, guy, it's going to have to come against good teams because right now I couldn't give up a good pick with just being like, yeah, it's just basing on what it was in 2016. It's 2020. And not just 2020. It's, I mean, it's, we're, we won't be that far away from October 2000. Like, we're a long it's way away from like yeah. sweet 2015. Like, it's, I know. We got to get with the times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Things change. As Kyle Shanahan always says, and I think, I mean, he says it because he stole it from just every NFL coach ever. ever. In football, you're, you're two things. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. And I, from what Odell was, and he was always getting better, he looked special, it, he's gotten worse since. Is it all his fault? I'm not blaming it all on him, but it's some of it is, you know, it just, he doesn't seem like the same guy. Now, part of it, it sucks for him. I, one thing that he should have done is refuse to play in Cleveland because that his career spiraled after that, right? He should have done an NBA thing. Like I'm not going to play there. Cause one thing that was clear when the giants traded him, there would have been good teams interested in trading for him. Right. right? Other might have got him. Definitely. He he should have controlled his own destiny, saying just the basic like Gronk, I will retire. I won't show up. I choose and not to run. Just, the Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, onto this middle cough. Ah, ah. Is everybody checked on? Is Brady okay? Is the media okay with Bruce being mean to Tom? Is this thing over yet? The bad news is you you told me before the podcast you don't think this is going to end all year long. Well, listen. You're a long-standing member of the media. I feel I once Under was protest. I don't cons- I, I don't consider myself a member of the media any longer. What? Yeah, just If you're I, not in I the media, I'm not in the media. Yeah, I, I you still call games. Yeah, but that's different. That's kind broad- of different. Yeah, I mean I I think you're closer than me for sure. No, I, no, I no, I, you are in the media. I 100 percent don't. If you consider applied for that. a media credential for the San Francisco 49ers, just I, like me, we would both get approved. You are a member of the media. True, but I haven't. <laughs> Neither have I. But Bob would <laughs> so, send us one. Yeah, but you've called games more recently than any media thing I've done officially. But regardless, this is media by definition. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, this is media entities. You know, we're doing videos, but it's. I don't consider myself like a beat report. I have nothing in common. I know we're kind of kidding, but before we get into the topic, let me just say this. Not everybody in the media is the same. So when we say no. the media in general, some people hit us up like, hey, man, I'm. this is not for everybody. But this is a, we did talk about this the other day a little bit. So please just. I think a big part of the way we cover sports now has encapsulated partly, and it's all, listen, I, I'm pro making money on all this stuff. I, I'm as pro business as anyone that will fucking talks about sports in the media. So I, I get it. I also find the element of the internet cycle, which now everyone is kind of beholden to that definitely writes about football and like has a website or whatever. They're beholden to it. And it's just like, of course, the moment Bruce Arians after that game kind of talk some shit about Tom like he does if you followed Bruce Arians career ever since he's kind of become famous over the last decade plus he's pretty outspoken if you followed Tom Brady's career beside the championships the number one thing in my opinion he's known for is like you could just Tom he walks in New England and he's treated like everyone else and it set the whole tone for the Patriot culture he's getting Belichick calls him Johnny Foxborough Countless could I articles. argue with you for a second yeah, I think the thing he's, I would argue the thing he's most known for is being like a six round pick. 
yeah. I, okay, let's just go. Championships, GOAT, right? The overcoming, being pick 199 and just proving everyone wrong. And then just as he's become really, like he he got treated, he was the only guy that lasted for 20 years. They yeah. got rid of everyone. And yeah, he fair. constantly got treated kind of like Tim Duncan. So we all knew, regardless where you put it, it was like one of the first things you think about with Tom Brady, like with like Michael Jordan or Tiger Woods or who, like that's a mentally tough motherfucker, man. I would, that guy could take it all. And then after one week, Arian said something, then he gets re-asked about it, then Tom's asked about it by Wednesday. Arian's kind of changed his... Arian's came back and said, I watched the film, wasn't what I thought. Yeah, I was wrong. And then Tom's asked about it, he's like, well, he's the coach, I'm the player, like, this is is the National Football League. But now it's just in this cycle, and it's not going to go away, because if Tom throws another pick, they'll ask Arian. And it's just, I think 20 years ago, back when, like, true journalists... To me, there's there's the journalist just out there covering sports dies a little bit by the day because like people like me get more involved. I have no requirements. I do whatever the fuck I want. That's why I don't consider myself media journalism. Like I, I two just, different things. That would be my argument. There is journalism okay. and then there's media journalism yeah. are people that wait for two sources that do that. And then there's yeah. people who are like, Hey, here's what I heard. I'm not reporting it, but I'm telling you what I heard. That's the category yeah, I, I would put us in. I look at myself more as just enter. We're just doing a podcast talking sports. Yeah, I understand. Like, Barstool, whatever, you know, like Barstool runs a media company, right? Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think 20 years ago, the questions would have been to Tom and Bruce once you they blow up, because again, this is professional sports. Tom's the goat. Arians, his resume, I mean, he's coached many goats, right? He's coached Peyton Manning. Uh, he's not, they're not actual, the greatest of all time, but you know what I'm saying? Like great players. Fitz. Peyton Manning, Luck. Yeah, uh, Fitzgerald. He guy. The first thing he said to Larry Fitzgerald, Larry Fitzgerald, I need you to move to the slot. Carson Palmer. He made him an MVP candidate. Uh, Luck, Roethlisberger. Like we know Arians. He's kind of old school. We know Tom can take it, and it's just I, I can't take this cycle of. I, I think when we were growing up, I felt like constantly coaches and players screaming at each other, and it was just kind of normal. And you asked about the game, it didn't become this drama story that Bleacher Report jerks off to and never stops tweeting about or Sports Center on first take. And it's like, listen, I, I like this stuff as much as anyone, like when it's truly like the player and a coach like fight, like PJ Colesimo gets choked. But two guys yelling at each other, I, I'm sorry, guy. And I think we saw it a couple years ago with Draymond and Kevin Durant. Like, I, I think if that happens 20 years ago, it's not even that big. We a saw deal. it with Tom and Josh McDaniels. Look, I'd be more worked up about it if I hadn't been tired of this a long time ago. Um, well, I know you are, but I just think, no, no, again, I, I, this is not anything new. It's just part of the yeah, deal. Yeah, it's part now. of the deal. It's, exhaust, I, it's exhausting to me, guy. Uh, this is why, for the many years that I did sports talk radio, I was exhausted by doing it. Because it was like, all right, and this is where I think most media falls. And this is why I love podcasts as a medium. And this is not just a cheap push for it. There is not, you don't have to fill anything. You just do whatever is the right amount of stuff to do. And that is what you've done. There's no, well, we got four hours, so let's go back to that topic. Let's make it a thing, you know? And so I, I think that's probably part of it. I think part of it is just the the light is so bright on Tom. We talked about this the other day. The idea that Brady, of all people, would be deeply cut, offended, and hurt by Bruce Arians, who is not, like, this is, with all, I, maybe he'll be a great coach. It has nothing to do with that. This is not Zach Taylor. Like, this is not Aaron Rodgers' situation, Right. In Green Bay, where, by the way, did you see Aaron Rodgers said, like, you know, I used to hate pre-snap motion. Now I'm kind of into it. 
He, my guy yeah. kind of convinced me. LaFleur. Yeah. I was like, oh, is Aaron on an anger tour or is anger, Aaron just happy? I don't know. Maybe he's happy. Maybe he's bought in. Yes. Yeah, kind of, he feels, well, I mean, you throw four touchdowns and kind of feel like an it's MVP true. again. It's, it's exciting. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I hope this doesn't happen all year long. Like you said, but, if but, Tom's not but, great, but I, it is going to be part of the deal. And I, I don't think Tom's going to be bad. I don't think he's going to be great. But I think this is, you know, th- he is he is in Tampa. In, if Bruce Arians isn't the Tampa Bay Bucks coach, I don't think Tom's in Tampa. Unless it's like a handful of other guys, like Sean Payton or something like that, right? Yeah, if Zach Taylor's their coach. But this is, is who he was going to play is, for. Is, is, is somebody Zach Taylor like there? This? If Zach Taylor's there, is he there? No. Is Matt Rule there? No. He there? No. You know, a guy that no. he has no, no chance. He was going to play for the kind of guy who can coach him the way that a coach coaches a quarterback, and he would respect what that person says. But I think two guys like Zimmer and you could probably throw Fangio here. He's accomplished less than Zimmer and Arians. But the way they approach it in their 60s, defensive guys, their resumes, the way they approach talking about their players is set. Like we know it. Rosillo, I, I heard, had the best analogy. If like everyone freaking out because, again, it's not even a freak out. It's just the way the internet culture. And I don't even blame in like the blog boys. But I do think blogging has basically turned to the newspapers. It's everything now. The tangible newspaper is dead. Like those days are over. It's all about the internet for when you cover when you write. So that is all based Which on. Doesn't clicks. have a deadline. That's twenty four yeah, seven. So it's yeah. all based on a headline, and I, I get it. And that's where I think I think we're just beginning. But Rosillo's analogy was like it'd be like watching Braveheart and saying all movie long like God, this William Wallace, what a tough Jesus, this William Wallace, toughest motherfucker going. And at the end, when he gets killed, it'd be like, you know... Wait, what? William Wallace, not that tough. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we Tom Brady... Can Tom Brady handle this? And my always it's issue so is... Like, if, if you think that Tom, over one comment in the media from Bruce Arians, is going to, like, go into the tank, or it's going to impact them, have we not been so, watching the guy's career? And I, and I think this is a lot of guys, the way the NBA's covered. The NFL does kind of become that more with... Less about the off-field drama, more about just in-house because coaches and players and the game, it's just covered a little bit differently, but it's very headline-centric. And for me, Guy, as a consumer, I think a lot of it is just embarrassing and kind of stupid. Well, but here's what I really I I agree, and as you know, because we worked together for many years and we've known each other long before we started working together, but um, one thing for me, and I, you're not wrong when you say everybody's talking about this because every podcast I've listened to here, we're talking about it, right? But in a different way. Um, but everything I've listened to, everything I've watched, this is automatically where you go. And it's because it's a tried and true formula. It's Tom Brady. It's controversial. Or you can make it controversial. It doesn't matter what happens tomorrow. It doesn't matter if we have a picture of them holding hands in Mexico on the bye week. For right now, today, it's a story Let's take advantage of it while it's a story, right? That's the mindset. And so while everybody is talking about it, what I always like to say is, well, everybody's not talking about it in my world because if I hear somebody start claiming that Tom Brady is hurt by this or that Bruce Arians is crazy for doing it, I just go somewhere else because I'm not here for that conversation. So when I see that on the side, is Brady, is the relationship in jeopardy? I'm just like, I'm not I'm not here for that, right? I, I just think one problem has become is everything is so sensationalized on the internet. But in sports, like I saw a story today that Montrose Harrell and Paul George had like a Draymond Green, Kevin Durant thing in like game two. I guess it came out after the series. Yeah, it's the fucking NBA playoffs. 
you know, when I see coaches well, and players scream at each other, people scream at each other. Here's what I would say to that, John, is that might be a real story. Like that might, like, as it turned out, the Draymond KD thing, what d- did create like a real situation for the Warriors, right? But I, but part of it, see, I'd push back. I'd say Draymond knew he was leaving. Draymond had had enough, well, yeah, screamed I, at him. Maybe the I, I Warriors say it pushed was, out and it, suspended him. It was part of a real thing. Like Brady. Yeah, he got suspended because of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Like Brady and Arians, this isn't a real thing. It's, I don't like I'm but my, my, Montre- well, I'll give you my, my take Montre- on Draymond was the Warriors you suspended a franchise yeah, player for a better player know, because now he was leaving. But my point is that was a real that was a real story. Like there was a reason that happened and why it really was as negative on the inside as it appeared on the outside. This is not negative at all on the inside. We're creating it. Paul George and Montrez Harrell, that might be an actual negative. Yeah, they situation. might hate each other. Like to me, yeah. the ones is like, did you see what somebody posted on IG about this other team? It's like, I don't, I don't care. Well, one one but, thing I can't do is like, and this be this I don't is a big internet headline thing is when Giannis deletes all his uh, Instagram posts but, of his team or unfollows. So was he ever following to begin with? I thought there was some controversy there. I thought he followed. I thought he unfollowed everybody. Yeah. But you saw one today: Terrell Williams, the Raiders wide receiver who's on injured reserve, took all of his Raider pictures off, and it's just like. In like that is a, a headline like those type stuff. I mean, now, if like, I unfollowed stories. you, would that be a story? Like in our world? Yeah, but I mean, it's just like I maybe I don't know. I, that type stuff just exhausts. I, I, it, it is I'm what it is. You, maybe I, that, I don't. This, I don't ever want to be like a grandpa. Well, like that, maybe that's just the no. Story but story. I don't. Look, I was exhausted about it. Yeah, I'm with you. But my, I'm I guess my overall now. Brady Arians thing is it ain't going away, guy. Like I think it's just going to be a story. Well, but I think they'll like, yell at each I other. I think they go out like they go out and beat the Panthers' ass, like we both think they're going to this week. We'll get the picks later. Then maybe it does kind of change the dynamic a little bit of how that situation's viewed. I hope. I, well, yeah, this week it will. But, but I'm, I'm just, just saying, saying like if, they're going to continue. Go, to oh wow, moments. Tom wasn't deeply hurt and offended, and we see them laughing on the sideline. That would go a long way to maybe just not allowing this to keep coming back. Should the media have to take a uh, toughness survey? That if you don't pass, you're not allowed to ever get a credential. Just I, I just write you some questions. Like you, you we like just a, you B, get C, you have to get yelled at by your editor. Someone has to write about your experience getting yelled at in the newsroom by the editor. Not even just that, but just give you basic questions. Like, well, uh, I'll tell you the one that we would have. If failed, someone was like, what? <laughs> the the like the tell all of what happened to Haberman and Middlecoff at radio. We'd be like, God, these guys sound like fucking headaches. No, I just mean about basic we situations took some in life, that, how you, you know, would we, handle it. Yeah, I know. I, I think most most of the media would answer completely different than most of the athletes and coaches. What do you mean? On just their questions of like, on just basic human situations. Yeah, I mean, what people, yeah. I, I, I yeah, think I mean, they, look, think what, what is acceptable in, in the arena, like truly the blood boiling physical arena of competition is different than what is acceptable outside in the rest of the world where the rest of us live, right? Where you live when you leave the arena. I do think there's a mindset though, that sometimes I'm not talking all people. I don't want to, I don't want to group everyone in the media, but there is a large percentage that we've seen like there. If you follow everyone in the tweets, they they do think about life a lot differently. I know. I just, I'm starting to get tingly. I just, this, I can only do this for like 12 minutes before I start getting yeah. triggered, we'll John, where I start getting I, I, triggered. I, I don't want to waste any time on people that I don't even well, like that's why or I say even don't, pretend that's why to associate don't with anymore. The good news is there are we, we do a podcast. There's so many other people out there doing good content. You can find it. And that, you know, that is that exists for us and our people, John. 
I hate this story. So let's move on. <laughs> so let's stop talking about it. This is we're going to talk about why we're not talking about it. Never again. Big week for us because we've got double games going in the Haberman and Middlecoff League on DraftKings, where you need to sign up right now with the promo code HAM. Sign up with the promo code HAM right now for week two. Get your shot at the $1 million cash prize when you sign up at DraftKings code HAM. Yep, guy. Download the DraftKings app. Promo code HAM. We got a golf game going on right now. We got an NFL game going right now. Once you get in our games, you st- we get in our league, and then you're just part of the process. We play for cash every week. If you don't, if you miss out of the game, several people did because it filled up so damn fast this week. The great thing is I entered a couple other golf games. Probably will because I'm going to suck at that. Probably going to have to get involved with some NFL games. I love daily fantasy. We have a game just you can do either Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. You can just pick Monday. You can pick individual games like the afternoon games on Sunday. There are a ton of options. Download the DraftKings app. Promo code HAM when you do and get involved. It's easy, guy. I do. Part of me wonders if we should do a single game Monday Night Football Saints Raiders. I'll be honest. I've done a single game before. On the, I didn't like it as much okay. just because there's just. I think it's hard when you get a lot of people involved. Well, that's I, do think I was thinking do of doing cool. like a small game. Yeah, but I, I like the juice guy. All I right. just I, I twenty five people, hundred dollars like a person. A four game in the afternoon. Like if the Niners and Raiders are playing, I think we could do something on that. Yeah, you can just do afternoon games on Sunday. Okay. Yeah, check that out. Promo code sign up like john said our game's full this week but don't because we hit a few people hit us up like ah you game full like yeah don't wait till thursday do it now dm us now if you're having any trouble getting in the league on instagram you can hit us up we'll make sure you get into the DraftKings, the haberman middle golf league tell your friends everybody welcome it's fun to play with uh you know i like as we've been doing this now for a few months you start getting people's names and knowing who's who and people start talking shit on twitter it's become instagram dms like oh Somebody hit me there like, oh, Westwood, bold pick in the U.S. Open. I was like, yeah, I feel good about that one. So um, our guy, uh, last name Ham, his name is Ham, finished fourth last week, didn't get in this week. So I love it. Brutal. But all right, we do have our picks uh, coming up in the podcast. Two games. These two teams are not playing each other, but they're both 0-1-1. The Cowboys are 0-1-1. The Eagles are 0-1-1. Dallas is hosting Atlanta. The Eagles are hosting the Rams, who are 1-0. and Um these games are both 10 a.m. games specific on Sunday, so we'll be watching these things as we go. Both guys playing good quarterbacks, Dak and Wentz. Who has more pressure on them right now, John, in your mind? Well, I, I think there might be, just because Philly's kind of crazy, but you could argue the Cowboys fans are pretty crazy too. The fan base is huge. I just think their financial situation has to impact this question. And right now, Carson Wentz is under a massive contract. Like He's basically, to me, on scholarship for four years. And this is year two. And year one, I, I give him some credit. He did find a way to get him to the playoffs. I know he got it hurt in that game. But I do think he ended on a good note before the concussion happened. I think Dak kind of left more questions than answers. Remember last year with the season on the line, he had a bad game against the Eagles. Not that Carson was that much better, but he was playing with me, you, and Greg Ward Jr. So it's like he got a little bit of a pass. Then Dak Prescott, and I've seen, like, I just end up on a lot of Eagles and Cowboys Twitter and a lot of Eagles Twitter was like, can you imagine if Carson had just had the game Dak did with Zeke, Amari, Gallup, and CD? Like, say what you want about Carson Wentz. He's running from his li- for his life because Dillard's on IR. Jason Peters is 40 now playing left tackle. Lane Johnson is hurt. Uh, Alshon Jeffries nowhere to be found. Deshaun's coming off a major injury. bribe his left tackle to play left tackle. Yeah, so it's just... 
the the, the situations don't parallel each other Which I don't, on the field. I don't field blame them, right by now. the way, but yeah, I don't either. But they don't parallel each other on the field. And I think Dak's contract situation, like he is just based on the contract. He's not yeah. a lot to be on the team next year, right? New coach. No, I mean, but the problem is just how do you replace him? I th- let me now. I think you're right because, and we talk about Red this Rocket. all the time. Like the, the Red, Red Rocket, Rocket is there. Uh, Kellen Moore out of retirement. The way you talk about players, somebody hit me on Twitter the other day when I posted a photo of Matt Rule and John Gruden and said this is the most expensive coaching matchup in the NFL Week One. Someone was like, "Don't count another man's money." Like, well, your neighbor, fine, but in sports, it matters how much you pay somebody, especially when it comes to the players. It really matters. So yeah, you're right. The leave. salary is by far the first part of this. It's a big part of it. If I told you the Eagles and Cowboys both had equally bad years, who do you think would get more blame on the two sides? Because I think it'd be Carson. Because to me, we look at the Eagles and go, Doug Peterson, we know he can coach. I think Mike McCarthy, like, I don't know, it's week one. I'm not saying the heat is on him now. And when I say heat, I just mean like the criticism. But I think people will, if Dallas struggles offensively, there will be a lot of, well, remember, it didn't end that great for McCarthy and Green Bay. All of a sudden, Aaron looks fantastic with this new quarterback, Matt, this new coach, Matt LaFleur. They won 13 games last year. They weren't ha- happy. Now they're rolling. Like, I do think there is some of this is McCarthy's job to figure out. He's got Amari. He's got Gallup. He's got CD. He's got Dak. He's got Zeke. Like, a lot of this is he went in the lab, came back and got the Cowboy job. Everyone just thought, like, well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be easy. So yeah, it's Dak's a part of this, but this was were they number one in passing last year or two, whatever. But I, it was? I do I, year one, McCart. I just think he's gonna get. I'm not saying he's not gonna take shit. Yeah, but I'm just saying you're right. Carson, I think Carson's gonna get a lot, but they can't get rid of him. Dak, no, 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 Dak's no, I know. I, I, yeah, I'm just saying you put, the Philadelphia Eagles won a Super Bowl without Carson Wentz. That's the problem. <laughs> That's that changes. If Dak Prescott had Kellen Moore had won the job, right? Or, I mean, Dak had gotten hurt in the year a couple years ago, and they had won the Super Bowl with Kellen Moore. That would be the elephant in the room. Like, that, that is something that Carson, he needs to win a playoff game because he's got the shadow, literally a statute, of Nick Foles. Dak does not have that. Do, do you know? But do you know? You do agree he's playing for a contract. Yeah. Not just no, no, with the Cowboys, but in the league. That is the, that's the overarching part of this. And McCarthy had a long run, but do you know how many... We, we know LaFleur won 13 games in his first year in Green Bay. Do you know how many 13-win seasons Mike McCarthy had? One. He won 15 yeah. games. I mean, he was good. I'm not trying to yeah. downplay his, his, his Rodgers won the MVP that year. But I'm just saying, like, he left Green Bay after a 6-9 and nine year, and it's not even fair because Rodgers was hurt and everything. But it's not like they totally reworked their offensive roster. Defensively, they were good. I hate using the draft because both these guys now have been starting quarterbacks for five-plus years, right? But one guy was the number two overall pick, and the other guy was a fourth rounder, right? And what's weird is I think the way we talk about Carson Wentz is like unrealized potential. He has more physical gifts than Dak Prescott, right? Much bigger arm, just can do things from different platforms on the move that Dak can't do. But I think we all go, well, Dak is like the athletic version of Jared Goff, who's also really good, but he's not as talented as Carson Wentz. But you can watch him on given weeks where you're like, well, does it matter that he can't throw it as hard? He's He's good. So it's they're they're kind of in the same conversation, and I think on that tiers with uh, Sando, they were very very close, right? I think it went Carson Dak, and so it's just 
they are kind of intertwined, even though they don't have that much in common besides they play in the same division. One guy's got a huge contract. One guy got drafted really high. The other guy plummeted in the draft. His team won't extend him. New coach now, right? Doug, remember those videos or the pictures of Lurie, Doug, and Howie eating dinner with Carson? Like, Doug is the only coach Carson Wentz has ever had. A big reason Jason Garrett kind of they got rid of him is because there just wasn't something was there to be desired, even though, like you said, statistically, they had the best passing offense in the league, but it always felt like it was still kind of Dak's fault. It's just a polarizing conversation with these two guys. I'd I think Dak Prescott might be a little better player right now, but I'd rather have Carson Wentz because I always lean the talent. I think both these guys just have huge questions to answer this season. Yeah. I the more we talk about it, John, my answer is Carson. Because he has the contract. Like, your point is right. Like, on one hand, you could look at it like Dak doesn't have the contract. He's playing for the contract. But here's what we know. He's a quarterback. He's going to get his money. Like, he will make his money. Does it? But he's not. But part of it is like, I know Carson Wentz is going to be the Eagles quarterback for the next several years. I think there is. It's true. 20% 20 chance Dak's not on the team next year. Because if they go 7-9, and is Dak a lock to be back? I'd say no chance, no, lock. Yeah, no, he's not a lock. But I just always go back to like, you have to have the next guy. So is are the, is Mike McCarthy taking a step back and doing what? Drafting a quarterback and taking three years, or maybe what? If, well, I mean, it's yeah, 2020 I, guys. I, just I know. Hit the I, ground just, I, I to me, you'd, I'd be like, fuck it. You franchise him. You draft your quarterback. I, I don't know, but I. I don't know if Jerry Jones, at however old he is, is down for like, all right, let's just take our guy and kind of restart things for two or three years. Well, you don't. But that's the thing. You don't need to restart. You get a cheaper guy that saves you some money, and you can. But I'm just saying, in theory, that's great. But you have to actually get that guy. Who is that guy? Yeah, where'd you you get him? Decide. Maybe Sam Darnold becomes available. Maybe get Jameis Winston. Maybe you do something else. Yeah, much cheaper. I'm just saying. There are options. They're just these options. When you really put them on paper, are they better than Dak Prescott as an option? I think one guy is in a weird way playing for his status on job on the team, and the other guy is kind of playing for his reputation in his city. Yeah, Carson being that guy. Carson being that guy. The reputation in the city is like that's a big deal. It is a big deal. And the the other thing that would, to your point, put more pressure on Dak is he is trying to get it. He's trying to do this at a time when he's got a new coach, new offense, weird offseason. Um, all that, but I, I just feel like for him, I kind of look at him like the worst case scenario for him isn't going to be that bad. The worst case scenario is he's on somebody else's team, and somebody had to pay him a shit ton of money to get him on their team, even if he's not a cowboy. And that's not yeah, ideal. I, like you want to be the Cowboys quarterback and make money being the Cowboys quarterback. I get it. I would I would say if he's not on the team next year, the contract that another team would give him would be highly polarizing. Because it would be like, well, are we sure? Yeah. It, no, there true. would be, if he's not another team, it gets weird. And I think it's, it already, I, you know, I don't know what the Niners can pay him, John. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would, I, but I wouldn't feel comfortable giving him that much. No, I, I wouldn't either. I get it. I get it. Um, But he's not chasing a ghost either. No. Like Carson And the is. ghost of a guy that won a Super Bowl. Yeah. About three years ago. Yes. Against Tom Brady. The toast, is, is the full statue still out there? The Bud Light statue? Yeah. Uh, well, no, the, I think Lurie built him a statue, right? But, but what? Did Bud Light built him one what, too? Well, remember the Bud There was like a Philly Philly Bud Light statue that was. Is that a real statue? The yeah, Philly no, Philly statue is a real statue, right? The him Philly, talking to Eagles Doug? built him and Doug Peterson. And is that, that's not a Bud Light statue? That's separate? Well, maybe. I mean, maybe they the love their thing. money in Philly. Maybe they got it sponsored, but it's a real, like, Willie Mays type statue in front of the, where the Rocky. Giants play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got a statue of Philly Philly, those two guys. It's fantastic. Not Carson Wentz.
You know, one guy we talked a lot about before the season, one week in, you could call it an overreaction, but we did have last year, and it was like, was 4-1 real? The roster, or the uh, schedule was not that strong. I'll tell you who I came out loving uh, after one week was Drew Locke. I'd probably go back to the preseason, that hype video that we saw on social media, Jerry Judy, and there was like this Drew Locke quote in it. It was just a video of Drew Locke talking about Jerry Judy. I just remember thinking, this guy kind of is acting like he is the man. Like, he believes that he's the guy. Like, this is his franchise. Like, he's not kind of sheepish, wondering, can I do it? I, I just watched him and thought, this guy really believes in himself. And then I watched him play the Titans, John. I, Drew Locke clearly believes in himself, and he's pretty – he's just got something to him. I I don't know. Was that the – when he came out of Missouri, was the talk like, this guy's just a gamer? Because I don't remember feeling that way watching him. Yeah, to me, it wasn't he was a gamer. It was more that he has a lot of talent and that it wasn't his fault he played on a team that was always undermanned going up against well, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee. That's the Kentucky. perfect comp for the guy he kind of reminds me of just in his competitiveness, the way he plays at Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say not as he athletic, does, but yeah, and he, his arm's really good. Like, that was the one thing. It was just a lot of talent. You just watch him. He's always smiling. He's kind of got this positive exactly, aura to him. Yeah. I'm like, I, if I was a Bronco fan, I'd be pretty excited. He pops on the television for me. Like, just in that game, you went like, he was not the reason they lost. 22-33 against a really good defense, and Vrabel's a defensive head coach against a really good defensive front. I mean, they, get they had 100 yards, but I, I, I'm i a Drew Locke fan. guy. I, I had some Raider fans tweeting me during the game, like, God, is this kind of guy going to be a sneaky problem? I'm like, yeah, yeah he looks pretty good. You know what? Listening to you talk, you reminded me, watching that game on Monday night, what I thought was I would always feel confident watching a player who looks like he's having a lot of fun. Yeah. And I I'm just watched you. him and thought, like, he – like. You, this is the most basic part of this is like, are, are, are you enjoying this? And yeah. I really, you can't. He does, you, he does have some sweet weapons. He does. You know? But you can't enjoy it's sweet, it to It's me. sweet to be a Denver Bronco quarterback. You know, it's, I mean, it's. Yeah, but it, in a for good a while spot. it wasn't, right? Like for a while it was weird and it felt like every guy is, they're getting jerked around all the time and there's, it's overbearing. I mean, it's sweet if you're, if you think you're good and you are pretty good, right. like it's a cool place yeah. to play. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I it's just, a cool place to play. To me, the, the fun that it looks like he's having, you can't have unless you're pretty confident in yourself, right? I would agree. So I just... He, I, he's got, I, I watched him one time on an Instagram Live with actually Baker Mayfield, and I was like, I kind of like this Drew Locke guy. And to me, the talent is just, God, this guy is... Should this guy have gone a little higher? What? Like, if, if just, just the five games or six games that he started now in the NFL... I think it's clear there is no chance he lasts in the second round, right? Just watching him move, watching him throw. Is he a top 10 pick looking back, you know, two years ago? Yeah, I, I'm just pulling up the 2019 draft here real quick. Well, it's like Kyler. Uh, it wasn't a big quarterback draft, right, beside Kyler. I mean, I No, it was not a big quarterback draft. It, was he the only first round? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I don't – during uh, any rookie quarterback. Well, <laughs> yeah. Am I missing someone? Yeah. Who? Daniel Jones and Josh Allen. Duh. Josh Allen wasn't in that draft. Was we he? talking about 2019? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wrong Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. <laughs> what Josh are you talking about? Jags. Daniel Jones. Dwayne Haskins. Of Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins. Haskins. I was like, duh, Josh Allen. Wait. Sorry. Yeah, I, I, but yeah, I, I was like, 
that's crazy. That draft feels like didn't even happen compared to the previous draft, right? The Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, Lamar Jackson, Josh Rosen draft. I would say that Josh Allen, excuse me, I'm all fucked up. I, yeah, my, that's my fault. That Drew Locke would be the second quarterback taken in this draft if you could do it over again. Now, Daniel Jones, in fairness, I you watch Danny Dimes against the Sealers. He's not well, like but some scrub. This guy shouldn't have gone 42. I, in fact, yeah. he was the second. The Broncos drafted 41. Took Dalton Reisner. Then they took Drew Locke at 42. They had two picks. Yeah. Um, but this guy goes in the top 15. Yeah, man. I don't sure. like, you know, who should have taken him is like the Chargers at 28. That would have been a pick, a spot to take a guy, right? That year. Yes. Who'd they take? Uh, Jerry Tillery, defensive tackle. <laughs> I think they'd do that one over. Notre Dame. For sure. Yeah. Um, if you were going to take a first-round quarterback, Green Bay, like <laughs> you might have taken the wrong one uh, a year later. But, yeah, man, I early reaction is they got something here. Without question, they got something here. I'd agree. And, like, I think if you're the Chargers, you're sitting there going – is our guy going to be better than this guy? Is Herbert going to be better than Drew Locke? Right? If you're the... Do you just Again, no. it's hard to debate. We know how different guys look, college pros. Herbert never looked just that loose, did he? No. Now, in fairness, I, I the times I watched Drew Locke in college, I don't remember thinking like, oh my God. But the difference is his team sucked. Yeah. And, you know, Herbert's teams yeah. were good. No. They, they, they just have a different flow. To, I, to me, Locke feels like a more natural quarterback when I watch him. I, I would agree. If if Herbert ever looks just that natural, the Chargers are going to feel very good, right? Because I would imagine the Broncos right now, if you are going to lose week one, and it sucks to lose week one because you feel you're already in the hole when you think you're going to compete for a wild card spot, I think you feel pretty good about yourself that you have a quarterback. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I feel, I, now it's just about like, did they hit? And we'll talk did they about hit the on Judy coming or, up. Like, did they hit on Judy? Well, they did hit on Judy. He just has to catch the ball. <laughs> like Judy's a Judy's a stud. Well, he just has to catch the ball. Yeah, yeah so. that's. But to me, it's clear he can get open with ease. Like to me, part of a lot of guys bust. They can't get open. He can get open with ease. Well, Is that's what I'm saying. Did, did they hit on him and Hamler? Did that happen? Did they hit on Noah? Noah Fan? Fan? Like, the, well, yeah. Well, they draft. Uh, they signed Melvin Gordon, who's good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They got two running backs. You feel Bradley okay about. Chubb. They got yeah. They got some players. I, I think the Broncos are gonna be fine. I agree. Picks coming up before that. This podcast brought to you by LinkedIn.com slash ham. LinkedIn.com slash ham. John, that's where you want to post a job for fifty dollars off your first job post. Guy, we've had a lot of people use it. A lot of people reach out and say thank you. LinkedIn.com guy has over six hundred ninety million members. Anyone looking to find a future employee. The place to look is LinkedIn and guy, it doesn't just, it searches people for the hard and soft skills. Also, there's so many people on there. People that don't even know they're looking for a job may be alerted to your job post. I'm telling you, LinkedIn.com slash ham for $50 off your first job post. You're crazy. If you don't try it out, thank us later. LinkedIn.com slash ham, 50 bucks off your first job post. All right, John, time for us to uh, make some picks. Rams at the Eagles. This game's a pick them. Who do you like? Uh, God, this is a tough decision. I, I'm just going to go with the Eagles based on desperation, based on Carson Wentz, based on I think Doug Peterson's a good coach. I just, I just think they have to find a way to win this game, guy. <laughs> I just do. Now, based on the way the Rams look, it, it's going to be hard. The Eagles were up 17 to nothing. I know we talk about their devastating yep. loss. 17 nothing. Carson throws a pick. Snowballs. End up losing by double digits. 
Uh, but I, I'm going to go with the birds here. Don't feel great about it. Uh, look, and you could argue the other way that the Rams very easily could have lost the game to Dallas, right? Especially late in the game, Jalen Ramsey gets that pass interference, whatever. Uh, I liked the Rams week one. I'm going to stick with the Rams. I know the Rams were a good bet for you at my bookie week one. I'm sticking with the Rams here. Again, we're not actually betting all these games. Some of these we do like a lot more than others, but there's that. Okay, game number two, Panthers. Bucks. Bucks are hosting. Bucks are minus eight and a half. We both have been talking about this game all week, and we agree, right? We got to watch a lot of the we watched the whole Panther game last week. I love the Bucks minus eight and a half here. I, I think it's gonna turn out the Saints defense is kind of good. They made life hard on Tom. I think he'll be better. Yeah, a lot of points, guy. I just think the Bucs kill him. I think the Carolina Panthers, one of the worst teams in the league. I still think the Bucs are a playoff team. I think the overreaction warranted it's Brady I get it in terms of are they going to be good or not I think this is a get right game I take the Bucks minus eight and a half all right up a next point, a lot of points uh, it is a lot of points up next uh Pittsburgh hosting Denver minus seven and a half we just got done talking about how much we love Drew Locke we had Pittsburgh as our lock of the week last week they made us sweat it I like Denver plus seven and a half in this game as long as they don't have to work timeouts late yeah, I'm going to go with Denver Broncos 7.5. I've already put a little money on this game, guy. This is my favorite underdog of the week. I just think that's too many points for a team that's... I, I think the Broncos are going to be good. I don't know if they're a playoff team, but I definitely know they're not a 5 or 6 win team. They're solid. We I like their quarterback. I like their offense. I think their defensive coach, Vic Fangio, it's just he's just a solid coach, right? Their team is well coached. They're physical. Steelers are good, but I, I the 7.5, that's too many points. Up next, uh, Cowboys hosting the Falcons. Minus four and a half. Falcons put up some numbers because, you know, that's what they do um, in a game that really wasn't all that close last week. these are th- This game is a, one of the best games of the week. Two teams that need a win. Where do you go here? I'm going to go with the Cowboys minus four and a half. Based, just based on, I, I think the Falcons are just frauds. They're terrible. Dan Quinn not giving the bald community uh, much confidence in him. Uh, he's he's super positive, yet his team always gets rolled, especially early in the season. I'm going Cowboys minus four and a half. Uh, this one's tough. I don't. I, my question is: Are the Cowboys ready offensively to like be what we think they are supposed to be? Because if they're not, they're not covering four and a half points against Atlanta. Ultimately, I'll take the Cowboys as well minus four and a half, just because I am not a believer in Atlanta. I think they rode this thing out one year too long and are headed for another seven win season. That said, Julio was freaking phenomenal last week, but. Yeah, I mean Dallas has this could be. So was Amari. Amari had ten catches last Amari week. Amari was very good. Yeah, uh, Niners Jets. Sorry, that's just on the my bookie. We already made that pick. 49ers minus seven. We got that one at minus seven. It went to seven and a half for a minute, and now it's back to seven. Uh, Dolphins hosting the Bills. The Bills are favored here by six. I like Buffalo John to cover six points at Miami. I love the Bills right now. What do you think? Yeah, this is my favorite bet beside the Niners. Uh, I think the Dolphins stink, and I think the Bills are good. That's just my logic. I think the Bills are an 11-12 win team. I think we're going to look up at the end of the season, and the Dolphins win four games, especially if Tua doesn't play all season, isn't healthy. We know he's not playing in this game because Fitzpatrick's still the starter. Guy, Fitzpatrick threw three picks last week against the Patriots. I know, but defense, remember what I said. La- I said this last week. Yeah, the but, but think about this: the Bills' defense is good. Yeah, they're better than the Patriots. I'm just, I said this I, last week. Fitzpatrick never plays Belichick well. Well, yeah. So unless well, we we could I, get a Fitzpatrick revenge game here, I'm going Bills minus six. I, we agree, as am I. Uh, next up, Vikings at the Colts. 
Colts are are uh, Colts have to cover three points, which you know they just lost to the Jags last week. Minnesota look. I think a lot of people are going to like Minnesota plus three here, John, uh, which feels right. But call me crazy, I'm going with Indy minus three. I don't know what to make of this game. Uh, my logic is simple. I think these two teams are the same thing. I think they're both probably around eight wins. I think the Colts are probably more complete, but Rivers isn't as good as Kirk Cousins right now. No, he's not. Let's let's be honest. It might not even be that close. Uh, I'm going to go with the Vikings plus three just because I think it's a coin flip game, and I think three points. They're just giving it out to these home teams. Who gives a shit? The Vikings play in a dome. They play fat. Like I, To me, this should just be a pick em. This I actually be I agree with that. Again, I don't I, I would not bet the if I what well if I'm gonna say if I was betting the Vikings, I I mean this game I would take plus three, but yeah. I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm going for style points here, I guess, with Indy. I'm sticking with it. I'm going with Indy. I wouldn't bet this game, but I'm I think Indy covers three points this week. I just part of me feels like there's just too much overreaction and them losing to the Jags. Uh Detroit plus six at Green Bay. You go. <laughs> I mean, look, I, last week I took the Lions. They, it looked like a great pick. I was all ready to mock you on the podcast because you took the Bears. And then Mitchell Trubisky lucky. rose from the ashes. So uh, Aaron Rodgers looks fantastic. I'll use the logic you used earlier, the logic we used last week in our lock of the week with Pittsburgh over the Giants, the logic we used this week in Niners over the Jets. I'm going to take a team that I think is good to cover against a team that I think is not good, Green Bay minus six. Yeah, I'll just stick with you on that one. I think the Lions are a train wreck. I think Matt Patricia, that's one of the worst losses. It, it'll probably be one of the worst losses of the year, even though it happened in week one, just given the way they lost. Uh, and Rodgers just feels like he's in just a fantastic, he's like a Buddhist state, just a fantastic place You're in right. his life. Yep. Full, he is fully actualized at the tip of the human consciousness pyra- pyramid. That's where That's exactly. where he is right now. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Bears. Minus five and a half at home against the Giants. You, yeah, you I'm gonna go. go uh, I'm gonna go Bears minus five and a half, just based on this simple. I think the Giants stink. I think the Giants are probably the second or third worst team in the league. I think when the dust settles, they'll win three or four games. And I think the Bears, if Mitch, he doesn't have to play fourth quarter, Mitch, just be an average Mitch. This game to me's got like twenty to ten written all over. How, Saquon couldn't run against the Steelers. He won't be able to run against the Bears. Yeah, uh, I don't like this game. I don't like picking the Bears to cover five and a half points, but maybe Mitch, maybe there's some confidence carry over here for Mitchell. So I'll, I'm, I'm with Chicago. I'm not as confident as John is on this pick. Tennessee minus eight and a half at home against Jacksonville. You know what? I, I do wonder this, John. Is Jacksonville going to be value because everyone's going to be stuck on this thought before the year that they're the worst team in the league? They come out and don't look like the worst team in the league. Um, now I, am I, I got to go back and look, did Minshew, Minshew struggle a lot last year? Did they play Tennessee and he struggled, but oops, I took, I, I took know. my bookie away. So I can't, yeah, I, right I, I would just go basic off this eight and a half points based on how they looked the Titans. Let's, let's face it. Ryan Tannehill leaves a little something to be desired. I, I just think eight and a half points a lot. Guy. Yeah. If this was six and a half, that'd be eight and a half points. Like that's. For a team that clearly one thing Minshew can do is throw some touchdowns. Well, and just we, compete. He can hang in a game. I think like I think one thing people we talked about this the other day, the way they're trying to use LaVisca. Jay Gruden just is a good coach. They've got a good guy, they got a coach that's good calling plays. Did Minshew have one in completion last week? He's like 15. 19 to 20. 
So I think people are going to be a One. little slow here. On I'm not saying Jacksonville's great, but I think they're better than we thought, and I like them at well, the, plus eight and a the, half. The value right now to me is in plus eight and a half for sure. Uh, Washington football team plus seven at Arizona. I'll tell you, I'll go first here. Give me the Cardinals to cover seven points. Seriously? Yeah. Why? I think I because Washington was down seventy to nothing last week. I think they're going to struggle to chase Kyler around. I know they're. I know Chase Young looks sweet. I don't think I don't think Dwayne Haskins is going to go on the road and be able to score with Arizona. I'm taking the Cardinals minus seven at home. Yeah, I'm taking Washington just again a little bit like the Jaguars. I think you're going to get competitive teams. They have a physical front four. Chase Young is a better athlete than Bosa, just a guy that could corral. Uh, I don't think Arizona's defense that good. Jimmy was just terrible. And now Dwayne Haskins watching that game uh, actually made some pretty nice throws in the second half. I just think seven points and plus with teams that have won. Like I, I'm taking the Redskins guy. All right, we disagree there. And uh, what else do we have here? Baltimore, Houston, uh, Baltimore, Baltimore's minus seven at the Texans, who have been off since last Thursday. Yeah, I mean, I I do feel like the overwhelming thought process on this Texans stink. Ravens are the best team in the league, or one of them. This is going to be a bloodbath. I would just go counter to the. I think everyone's going to bet on the Ravens, and I'm just going to take the Texans. And I don't really like the Texans. I'm just going to bet against just the masses. So uh, we agree here. I'm, I would not bet this game because I do think inside of me that the Ravens cover seven points, but it feels too easy and overcorrection based on the way Houston looked week one, based on the way Baltimore looked week one. So I'd stay away. I do think they are. Uh, I mean, they're head and shoulders better than Houston, though. Yeah, I this am is kind of a, desperate, a little bit of a desperation spot for Houston. You start getting 0-2, yeah. getting a little trouble. Chiefs minus 8.5 at the Chargers. Yeah, my logic on this is simple. If the Chargers had a better quarterback, I think there'd be some value in 8.5. Divisional game, you know Patrick Mahomes. But Tyrod Taylor struggled to score. Like, guy, they scored 16 points at the Bengals. 16 points with Keenan Allen, with Mike Williams. You're texting me during the game. You're like, God, Mike Williams is a beast. I know. So is Keenan Allen. How do they score 16 points? I, I just, I, I can't take the Chargers seriously, guy. I'm taking the Chiefs minus eight and a half. That's a lot of points for a divisional game against a talented opponent. Agree. Uh, Sunday night football, Patriots, Seahawks. Seahawks minus four at home. Cam. This, yeah, Russ. I mean, I, I I would lean Seattle just because I think offensively it's going to be hard for New England to stay with them, right? One thing we know with Seattle now with DK, definitely just Chris Carson's healthy, Russell in the peak of his powers. They can score points. Can the Patriots score? Can the Patriots consistently like it, if this game gets if the if the Seattle Seahawks score twenty eight, can New England score twenty four? So. Uh, it's, I think it's great logic. I, I wouldn't pick this game because I like in on primetime games rooting for Russ, which is what I'll be doing on Sunday night. Um, but I like the Patriots plus four here. Seattle plays two types of games. One's like they played last week where they blow people out and other ones where it's 14 to 13 late in the fourth quarter. Um, this feels like it might be that, even though I know, I mean, Russ just put together one of the great performances last week. I think we'll see of the season, whatever he was, 31 to 35. Yeah. Um, so I, I think maybe there, maybe this is weird because you feel like the public would be on the Patriots, but I also think like everybody's going to be on Russ the way they played last week. I think Bill's ready for this game. Smoke and mirrors, whatever. No, like no crowd. It would be a huge win if New England wins, right? It I don't think they win. Massive. I don't think they win. But but you agree, it would be a wow moment yep. for Belichick and Cam. Yes. Yes. 
Monday Night Football. John, we'll talk more about this game on the next pod, but do you want to pick it now or should we hold off? Let's hold on. Let's hold on. I like the same. We'll talk about this. Okay, yeah, we'll see see what happens. All right, there's our picks. I'm glad it's good. We need to save save something for the. Uh, yeah, I, I got I got to let that game kind of marinate with me because I, I, I'm coming around on the Raiders and the points, but I I, I will see. Right. We'll see if we make if we if I win this Niner game, feel pretty good. <laughs> okay, we'll dabble. I like where your head's at. Could we go double double week double lock of the week? We could. I mean, we could get aggressive. Uh, you want to talk about college football real quick? It's back. Well, it was already back. The Big Ten's coming back. John Wilner reported the Pac-12 could be back at the end by the end of October. Yeah, which to me has well, got six, to be them weeks. talking about like, hey guys, if you wait till mid-November, the college football playoff it's not waiting for you. Like Clemson has already said, Dabo said he doesn't want to wait for the Big Ten, which I don't blame. I don't him. blame him, but I don't blame no, him no, at no. all. I, look, and, the second you decided not to play and other people played, they don't owe you to wait. Yeah, yeah. Well, to me, you have to get back as soon as possible so you don't lose your kids because they're going to be seniors with NFL aspirations, like. That's why, to me, playing in January and February was never going to work for a percentage of players on these teams. And once the Big Ten officially came back, the Pac-12 had to kind of put their pedal to the metal, and they did. And it just, whether they controlled it, whether Gavin, whatever. However, they're back, and uh, you just got to get back as soon as possible. Now, unlike the Big Ten, right, Harbaugh practices every day. Ohio State, these teams have been practicing, some of them. The Pac-12, correctly, has not. So... It's going to take a little bit longer. I do feel for the Pac-12 coaches. They feel a little bit like NFL coaches, just in this whole political shitstorm. At least the Big Ten, they got to keep practicing. Pac-12 did not. A little like the NFL coaches in a CBA agreement. It's just like no one asked their opinion. Yeah, no, no one because no one gives a shit, and it just it's going to be difficult. So, and I and I do think on paper Oregon was going to be really good, and we'll see what happens with Panay Sewell. Like. That's that's a big deal if he doesn't come back. Yeah, I mean, if he wants to come back, I think the NCAA would grant him that. You just pay back the agent, whatever you got, and they'd let him come back. Um, I don't think there's any question that would happen. I just don't know. Does he want to do that? Uh, Pretty big risk if you're him. Big risk. And I do, you know, look, their defense is ready to roll. They do have a new offensive coordinator. He's the only returning offensive lineman. They've got a new quarterback. Well, people like this kid, Tyler Shuck, who's been there for, this is third year in the program. Um. Yeah. So, you know, maybe maybe Calden becomes a team. I think it's you know what? The it wouldn't if this works out for SC wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for the league. Um just because they've got, you know, they run an air raid, so it's easy it takes 3 days to put your offense in anyway. Plus your coordinator True. and your quarterback are back. I wonder if early just the teams with the best athletes are going to be advantaged, like, you know, Oregon is. Um Especially if people aren't in the best shape, like the teams with the best athletes might be the ones that. It's it to me. It's going to be hard. They've had their off season got destroyed. I'm not talking about going to the college football playoff. I'm no, no, no. I, I just mean. I just mean. I, I I do think there's a chance the Pac-12 looks really terrible. A lot of the teams, and it's just kind of unfair, you know, where the other teams yeah. just because the rules have been. The big te- they kept kept lifting, kept I working know. out, kept feeding them. It's the Pac-12. The disadvantage they're at is just relative to these other programs is massive guy. It really is. I, I I'm already, I'm going to give them a little bit of an excuse this year. I will defend them. Like, no, we're not all playing on the same playing field because the Cal, the rules out here put them at an enormous disadvantage but, with, but, their, with but their students, with the, but, but if they get 10 games in somehow and just have a, you know, whether or not they make the CFP, they get 10 games in, that's a major win for them. 
major. Oh one. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm saying playing the yeah. you got to play the season. Everything. To, I just to me, the, I, I think it sucks I, I, that it I, played out like this. We yeah, no, I'm with you, and I agree with that. Like Dabo, uh, the SEC, the Big Twelve, the ACC, they don't owe it to these other leagues to wait. I do wonder if there is some benefit to the playoff. Like if the committee looks at it and goes, for our sport as a whole, if we can have all the West Coast games are of interest to the West Coast people and to the nation from a CFP standpoint. Now, again, you might get to the end of the year and Clemson's sitting around for three weeks and the Pac-12 doesn't have a team in the top 10 and you go. But if I, I just if they can figure it out, I do think in the interest of the sport, it works. Where it gets hairy is like, are we in late January and Clemson's waiting around in Ohio State? Yeah. To, to, That's not worth it, Alabama. But if they can find a way, if you could start at the end need, of March. We just need to see the dates and the schedule, and then yeah. we'll be having a and, and Because I'd be okay if like the Pac-12 plays eight and somebody else played 10. It's like, that's fine. That's good enough for me. Yeah, we just need to. I just need to see some dates, 31st, just see the dates and then get a feel for... I, I would understand the pushback, though, the 8 and the 10. Like, then it gets no, a yeah, little you weird. Could, no, but look, 100%. This was going to be the year of the eye test anyway. So I'm not saying an 8 no team should get in over a 9 and one team. They're going to be, everyone might I know, have a I know what you're I'm just saying, by the way, we might have then the like the Big Ten and the Pac-12 kickoff, and then a week later, the Masters. I'm in. This is... Well, the, I, I think the Big Ten... Is going to be is starting two weeks before the pack. They're starting mid October, right? I thought it was, or is it the end? Is it the twenty? Yeah, they were they were ideally getting the twenty first. Okay, so if so, they would be maybe just have, a week yeah. if you week could. But half. again, the the end of October is still. I'm on, the, I'm on the wrong calendar, actually. Yeah, so calendar changes. Potentially just one week. Actually, be okay. All right. Maybe they can still play Oregon, Ohio State. <laughs> We're just can we push it back next year so we can go? Well, they they it's on the schedule next year. Just add Ohio State. But it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wanted to go to Oregon. I know. All I right. Go Eugene. Uh, on that note, U.S. Open can't wait. Sunday will be a fun day. Oh, next pod will be fun. Can't wait. All right. Later. Adios. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.